Hello and welcome to our Muted Unmastered. I'm Will and this is the internet's most commemorative music podcast. On the show this week I'm joined by James. Hello. And Elle. Hiya. In this episode we're going to be reviewing the new album from Omni. We've got the upcoming releases you need to know about but first the news. James what have you got for us this week? I have some more drama in the big company world. Um, Apple are facing a 500 million euro um, fine from the European Commission. Um, so this is Apple, not Apple Music. Um, and this original report comes from Financial Times. So the European Commission have uh, formed an antitrust probe into whether Apple has used its uh, platform to favour its services over uh, those of other competitors. So basically, if you don't know, um, when you subscribe to a service, not even just like music streaming services, um, but other services in, well, if you have an iPhone or iPad, you have to go through the App Store. And with the App Store, there's a 30% fee on purchases. Um, whereas if you go through like a browser or if you use an Android phone, um, you can get that subscription and then obviously you can use that subscription in the, um, in the app later on. Um, so this is Spotify making the formal complaint to regulators in 2019. So it's only just been kind of, um, acted on recently. Uh, Financial Times report that the Commission will say it is illegal and goes against rules that enforce competition in the single market, um, saying that they're performing anti-competitive trading practices. Um, Apple Music, or no, sorry, Apple have already had a situation like this in 2020 where they were facing a 1.1 billion euro fine in France uh, for anti-competitive behaviour. But then it was reduced to 372 million euros um, after an appeal. And that's probably going to happen now. Um, Apple will still get the fine, but it's going to be reduced. I think that's just kind of what the commission do. Uh, they they bring it really high, knowing that the, the company is going to appeal it and bring it so they can bring it down a bit, but still, it's, well, for Apple, <laughs> might not be so much money, but it's still a lot of money. Um, yeah, so recently, Apple have actually made a change um, to to how yeah, users can buy things now in the app store. Um, and yeah, there's just been some... Uh, Back and forth between Apple and Spotify, uh, and basically Spotify are blaming Apple still, saying this is a stupid decision. But anyway, the, um, Apple, uh, have responded saying that Apple Store have, has helped Spotify become the top music streaming service across Europe. And we have the European Commission, we hope the European Commission will end its pursuit of a complaint that has no merit. Uh, so yeah, that's that's the tea to spill um, from Apple and Spotify. Um, more 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 info will come out next month when when uh, they actually get the fine, which I'm sure they will. Um, but right now, it's standing at 500 million euros. 
yeah, I think this is a positive move in the right direction. Apple and Google just have so much control by owning the Play Store and the App Store, basically. And obviously Android's a bit more open, but not a ton. Like, obviously you can install other app stores, but who's actually doing that? Like, mm -hmm. there's so much power in being the thing that's installed on the phones when they arrive that, yeah, what, whatever kind of constraints they put on app developers need to be looked over really carefully by legislators. Because, yeah, like, stuff like this, like, Apple is doing almost nothing to get that 30%, right? on the subscription there they're providing their payment service but i think the app developers would rather just send them out to a website send users out to a website if they could and just work with another provider you know whatever shopify or whatever other service they use for all of their web sales because they probably take a lower cut so yeah it it all does seem like a bit of a fleece of of developers um from the the platform holders i'm interested in how far it goes though because i mean not really so much in the music space but in the gaming space what happens when this kind of stuff starts to go after like playstation and xbox right like are you gonna have to be able to install another like store on your playstation 5 like that like materially feels quite different i think but actually if you think about it it's not so i don't know i think yeah it's an interesting time in terms of this kind of legislation and where where the regulators want to take it and how far i think it's just it's incredibly frustrating that this is yet another example of the idea that you somehow need a trick or a secret knowledge to know how to get the best deal for something which you know the average person just won't have or won't be aware of or you know if they're like you said they've got the kind of pre-installed app store on their device like they're not going to know that there are other options necessarily or if they do they're not going to you know see the potential value in using one of them and it it kind of it reminds me as well of an arc we discussed last year about certain music venues taking a cut of artists merch profits but if you had like a conversation you could kind of negotiate that but if you don't know to have the conversation you're missing out and it's it's like you get it across loads of industries where that complete lack of transparency in in how the game works means that people miss out and inevitably it is the kind of biggest corporations that have the monopoly over whatever that industry is that stand to gain because of the i guess naivety of the consumers which isn't their fault yeah i think i'm heading into tech a bit more here but like apple do have a kind of a history with this with like the lightning port and recently like the eu have said like every device or every new device has to be USB-C standard or something. There, there are some other things to it and Apple has basically had to comply and they've had they've, they've brought that manufacturing process into the US as well so if you're wondering if this is gonna these changes are gonna happen in the US as well I'm, I would say yes or now um, but it obviously it's software not hardware so I don't I don't know where the line is drawn 
I mean, there's an interesting related lawsuit that Epic Games brought against Apple and kind of made a big thing of um, back in 2020, where basically they were saying the 30% cut that Apple were taking on their Fortnite sales on iPhones wasn't reasonable. Um, and in that case, the judge decided in favor of Apple on nine of the 10 counts, but the one that it found in Epic's favor was... Um, about anti-steering policies so that's about app developers being able to say within their app hey you can buy this here but actually if you go to our website you can go and buy it from us directly potentially for less money so actually that's something that has quite recently been changed so obviously it's still not great for consumers because you can't just do it within the app but at least now developers can point users towards potentially another option. So if you're, I don't know, if you're a audiobook service, you can say, buy our subscription here on the app store or go to our website and get it for, you know, 10% less. Yeah, I think, I think the commission said that they literally found Apple guilty for blocking that information. Uh, uh, for apps to say that information, which is, yeah, that's just bad, isn't it? <laughs> mm. Right, let's get on to our review for this week. We're looking at Souvenir by Omni, released on the 16th of February 2024 on Sub Pop Records. It's 11 tracks long and 30 minutes. On the Bandcamp page for the album, it says, quote, the band converted their creative fuel into sharp, driving songs that land immediately, sporting chopping riffs, staccato beats, and wiry melodies. Why does Souvenir sound so sharp? Because each track is a compact unit that stands on its own, reflecting the time and place in which it was created. That's why Omni called the album Souvenir. It's a collection of audio objects, a stash of musical miniatures. Think of it as a family photo album a binder of rare playing cards, a shoebox holding precious gems. And often we get a, a rhetorical question in one of these descriptions, but it's <laughs> ni nice to see it. What do we think of this record? L, do you want to kick us off? Yeah, so this record for me feels very, um, like, sarcastic. <laughs> I think partly like, some of the lyrics are just genuinely sarcastic, but I think also the the kind of sound of it to me feels that way. It's that kind of... Uh, it, it's got that real post-punk vibe to it where it, it's got almost uh, like a talking-style delivery of the vocals, which I think works really well, particularly with the lyrics. There are some really, like, funny moments in there, some bits where I was like, I don't know what they're saying but it sounds good to the ear and it all kind of plays into this kind of weird rye vibe which then pairs really nicely with the sound you've got these lovely guitar moments throughout the drumming in particular I really enjoyed I think that's a really nice constant throughout the album that the the drums are really strong it feels quite uh, I guess like clean for a kind of punkish record. I, I think maybe like the production of it feels kind of tight. I don't know how else <laughs> to explain it, but the, yeah, the mix and everything feels kind of clean and tight. 
in a way which I think is interesting um, and is, yeah, nice to listen to on the ears, like, because you get those different levels coming through. But part of me was like, oh, I kind of wish there was a bit more, I don't know, grit to it or, or something. Um, I think that would kind of play in nicely with the overall tone. Um, but it is it is mixed really nicely. And, and like I said, you do kind of hear those different elements coming through really clearly, which I enjoyed kind of being able to pick out those bits here and there. But yeah, that I feel like having a bit of kind of grit or, or slightly rougher moments would have played in well as well it's i think part of what does work with like the cleanest and tightness is also how concise the album is as a whole like it's a short album the songs are all pretty short and so it all kind of feels yeah very tightly packaged and i think that they they've done that well they've kind of set out to do what they want to do and they've kind of hit it they're not overstaying their welcome um which, yeah, I I liked because I felt like there, were, like I said, I kind of there were moments where I was like, oh, I wish there was kind of maybe something else happening or, or something else. But because it is such a short record, I didn't then sit there and go, oh, well, it was kind of a waste or like they could have just cut that song or, or something like that. Like it, it works within that time frame, um, and yeah, it's it's fun. There's like I said, kind of moments of humor which. I really enjoy and sonically it was just it was an enjoyable one to listen to James what did you think yeah I when, when I first looked at this album I saw the 30 minute uh, length for the album and then that was 11 tracks so I was like okay that's an average of like two minutes or oh, like almost three minutes which is not terribly long and I was like I was thinking that the album well felt rushed, but in general, I would say it did not feel rushed. Um, I think the songs were kind of in and out just as much as they needed to be. Um, I think they knew that they could probably go on with each of the songs, but they just they came to an end where when they needed to, and I think they they really felt satisfying um, when they had kind of basically all their ideas fleshed out there. Um, I really enjoyed the guitars um, and, well, all the other instruments, really, but the guitars particularly. I enjoyed that cleaner tone. Uh, I do feel like at points it could have um, gone a bit bigger and included, like you say, L, a bit more grit, a bit more distortion, but I do really enjoy that cleaner tone that they brought to the table. Um, and I think you've got to appreciate it as well because some of those cleaner tones would leave you exposed to more mistakes um, but I think it's been pulled off well. Like even where there's like inconsistencies with the guitar, it kind of fits fits the vibe uh, anyway. Um, and in general, the guitars are really like really dynamic. Um, not in terms of like loudness, but in terms of that they never really settle in that one part of the neck for one spot. They kind of they go everywhere and they flow with the music, and they feel like they have a personality they feel fun and I, w I would probably say that for other instruments as well um the bass is great it has its own like dynamic lines the drums always help you keep they keep you engaged um with the rhythms and the sounds um and the vocals um they really engaged me and i 
really enjoyed how like all the instruments including the vocals were doing different things but when they combined they really kind of had a, like a power to them they yeah they they would go they would scale up the notes go scale up this scale and go down and when when they did that it had like such a impact which i really enjoyed um i guess one negative you might say is that songs feel similar throughout the album but i think they do enough to differentiate the sound and well if you don't like the sound to begin with then you probably won't like the album but i thoroughly enjoyed the album i thoroughly enjoyed that sound and yeah it's just those special moments where the instruments are playing together playing off each other and they push you down a path they they bring you around the scale it, it, yeah it's great yeah, I really enjoyed this album. I think they've kind of added some extra elements from what they've done before. So a lot of the tracks feel like they've they've kind of taken their sound and added something else. So they haven't lost their kind of their thing, but they're just adding different stuff to that. And kind of it does, I think the way they put in the Bandcamp description, while, while it's a bit ridiculous in, in some of the <laughs> stuff it's saying with the a shoe ho- shoebox holding precious gems. <laughs> um, it's a bit silly. But I, I do like like this idea of like each of these songs is kind of uh, almost like a what if of what if Omni, but with this really bright piano sound over the top. What if Omni, but it's a little bit disco-y and other stuff throughout the album. What if it, it had a bit more of a folky vibe to it? I, I quite like that idea on, on their third record. Um, I think in terms of songs, I don't know if this is because I've only listened to it a few times. I think the first half of the album captured me a lot more than the second half. Um and particularly in terms of the songwriting, I thought a lot of the moments that I picked out as being really notable happen towards the beginning. Because um, initially I was really hot on it, thinking, oh, this is some of the best songwriting I've heard from them, really. like. And then by the end, I, it, I felt like it maybe reverted back a bit to kind of more traditionally what they're doing. And again, I don't know if that's maybe because it's I've only heard it a few times and maybe I'll kind of dig into it a bit more later on. But yeah, overall, I think it, they're going in some interesting directions. I like that they're kind of keeping that very angular sound that they've is kind of their thing now. But they're still they're kind of able to ease off some of the harshness in places and kind of bring in different textures while still keeping that underlying kind of thing. Because I think that is. I mean. I I just don't know what an Omni record would be without that, but I feel like that it's such kind of a core thing for them that that yeah, if they started to go too far away from it, they kind of lose their identity a bit. Yeah, I, I agree. Like the first half was really, really captured captured me. I think I think there are a few tracks on the second half, like Verdict, um, which yeah, they do something a bit different and they. They have a bit of a different sound, like compliment as well. Um, that last track, to be rude, I thought was a, an interesting one too on that back half. Yeah, as well. I I kind of like the lyrics in that one. I don't know. It just made me laugh a bit, like you were saying, I was a bit comedic. Um, 
but yeah, that first half is really strong, especially well the first track really. Like it introduces you to the sound. I love that sporadic nature of the guitar, the staccato, the like, the higher bits from the guitar, the lower bits, the the just the tone and the tongue and cheek vocals. It just encapsulates everything that they're about really. Um, and I enjoy the imagery of the lyrics as well. Um, it's like the thing with the lyrics. I haven't mentioned them yet, but like they're not going to win like a poetry competition <laughs> I don't know a medal in poetry or they're not going to win best best lyrics of the year but they are definitely well thought out and they're more thought out than other albums we've listened to um they they have their metaphors but they don't lose you and they are enjoyable lyrics that you can hear yeah i think that's a lot of what i enjoyed about lyrics is like they're not like you said, the the kind of deepest lyrics in the world, but like that's not the intention. It's not like they've fallen short with that. They've kind of hit exactly what they wanted to, I think, with the lyrics in that there is that really nice con- combination of the kind of funnier side of it and also moments where you're like, oh, actually, that is quite interesting. And then also bits where I was like, what? I don't know, but that's fun. Um, I also liked with um that second track plastic pyramid um the lyrics kind of work as a conversation uh with is he glaudini i don't know if i'm pronouncing that right but having those kind of two vocalists and having the lyrics then work as a conversation i enjoyed that as well i thought that kind of added i think something to the record because like I said earlier the the vocal delivery a lot of time is that kind of talkative almost like conversational tone I think it then works when there is almost that conversation element to it and I think um that's something that really comes through with all of the lyrics it feels like there are lots of conversations happening even outside of Plastic Muhammad where you don't have like two vocalists who are you know apparently having conversation there are, are kind of other moments where like in to be rude which yeah i also really enjoyed uh you have like questions within it so it does feel like there is a, a conversation happening um and yeah i thought i just really enjoyed that across the record i thought it was a really nice thing that kind of pops up and worked really well with the vocal delivery yeah i think in in terms of the lyrics, there's may, maybe not as much to kind of dig into as all of the other albums we've done this year. But I think there's something to be said for them having like a unique style of lyric, like even divorced from the vocal performance itself. Like just the way they blend in like really weirdly monotonous stuff, like talking about like office work, but also with with like weird, like random historical references. Like in one track, they they talk about the Sphinx. I think that's in the second track, right? And there's, yeah, there's just something about the way they talk about things that feels unique and a bit different. And I do really like that because, yeah, it feels key to me. It works over the course of the album. But yeah, the the first track for me is really the standout exacto. Um, Just in terms of, it sounds quite classic Omni, but then when they get to the the chorus, it has like a much softer tone to it. 
which really contrasts with the very kind of harsh the harsh verses and i i really enjoy the lyrics which are slightly odd in terms of what they're trying to get across they're like talking about i guess this uh person that they've met who they're like oh i love you but and your husband oh clearly he he's not very good and he he forgets <laughs> to introduce you and it feels like he's trying to take this one like one negative that he could find in in this person's significant other and blowing it up to being kind of the the whole thing even to calling him mr big shot of, of like kind of like i know you're better than me and you've got the thing that i want like or the person i want right but i i kind of <laughs> i can take this cheap shot at you by saying oh you forgot to introduce your wife when you met me because that that's actually the only thing i was interested in in the conversation anyway so it, it yeah it just comes together really nicely and the the metaphor of the exacto knife like again it's a weirdly mundane thing to bring in that i i wouldn't expect to hear from any other band it's great yeah i really enjoy that kind of and i think it is quite a punk thing where it is quite just fun and quite blunt and it's got that like i said that kind of sarcastic or or sometimes like that kind of satirical element. That's something I really enjoy about lyrics in punk and the kind of surrounding genres of punk because it's simultaneously, I feel like this thing where it's, you know, really trying not to take itself too seriously, but also then plays into the idea that they're going to take something and make it over serious. So like you were saying kind of with the Mr. Big Shot, like that's not a serious thing, but they're really leaning into it and being like, oh my God, like that was terrible. And that it's just quite fun when that happens. Um, one of the songs that I did really enjoy for the lyrics, again, it's not like they're super deep or like poetic, but I just thought they were really fun, was on uh, the track International Waters, which is stylized as INTL Waters. Um, and... It opens with hunting down oligarchs, take them all for what they got. And immediately I was like, yeah, love this, eat the rich. And then it just has these kind of really fun little moments where it talks about, um, oh, like being on uh, kind of in Capri or something and act on a whim to be seen, send the chopper for ice cream, which I was just like, oh, that's just such a fun little lyric where it kind of really plays into, you know, the massively wealthy and and their kind of ridiculousness when it comes to spending money and how they choose to spend that money um and it's you know it's not necessarily saying anything kind of new but the way they say it is is really fun and it just then kind of makes the whole thing kind of just really enjoyable you're like oh yeah i hate the oligarchs yeah you missed off the next line of that lyric where it goes hunting down oligarchs take them for what they got and it's a lot yeah like, why do you need to add that <laughs> yeah. like we get it but it's, it's so right. dumb and great but yeah the piano in that song just sounds amazing like it's incredibly bright and and maybe a bit kind of alicia keysy but it it works it kind of plays into i guess the idea of this these being like you know rich weird people who spend their money on random stuff yeah i really i really enjoyed this track um and you're speaking about the lyrics but the the 
the line refilling and restocking the bar. Um, like in that moment, um, yeah, it goes into the slower part, then it goes back into it takes a break and goes back into like the faster part. And yeah, that piano does like multiple jobs as well in the track. Adds like little trills here and there, and then it like mimics the the guitar too, um, to make it have a, like a, a different sound. Um, and at the end, we get this weird sense of urgency with these fast instruments, and you just feel like so tense suddenly. And like th- this song wasn't supposed to be doing this, um, but yeah, I just feel like it's done so well. I really sonically liked Plastic Pyramid. L. I know I you talked about it a few minutes ago, but I I liked the. I don't know if it's really disco, but it felt to me like a little bit disco-y, like just the way the drums were, and the the bass feels a bit more round, whereas kind of on previous Omni records, it would have been kind of similar to the guitars, particularly on their first few, like very staccato, and, and kind of playing into that slightly kind of, not poppier, but like more angular, kind of retro-y sound, I guess. Bon here, yeah, it sounds broader and it, it's kind of playing maybe a more legato line. I'm not sure how I feel about it lyrically, though. Um, like, I, I think the, the vocals sound great and I like the call, like the two different vocalists works really well. But the whole whole thing about, like, kind of talking about people ordering things online and it kind of oh, making a plastic pyramid feels i don't know i kind of go backwards and forwards on it it, it feels maybe a bit a bit uni bandy to me a little <laughs> bit at times you know like I, I could see and we all know those kinds of bands right it's something that maybe one of those would have written when they don't have maybe much else more heartfelt to say i don't know yeah i do i do agree it's not yeah there is that kind of element where it feels a little bit try hard isn't quite the right thing, but kind of like they're like, oh, we'll make this point, but we don't quite have it ironed out. Um, but I don't really mind that because I think like with the tone and the vibe they're going for, it's it is all just like a bit of fun. Um, I also what I will also say is that the song does open with the lyric are you hydrated baby and that did the first time i listened to it make me go and get a drink of water because i thought i actually haven't had a drink of water in several hours <laughs> so i should stay hydrated so in that way it's a learning prompt um but yeah it's not necessary it's yeah it's not my favorite kind of lyrically i think i like how the lyrics work in that kind of conversational way with with the feature but yeah i i, I prefer things like international waters where it feels perhaps like slightly more intentional with what they're doing even if that intention is to be a bit absurd yeah I think... well it's still only my second favorite hydration song <laughs> james can you name the first we've reviewed it in the past no I, this is a, this one's at the top for me now for when i needed to stay hydrated i'm sorry <laughs> nothing says love like hydration by oso oso there we go uh the the fant- fantastic song with lyrics such as nothing says love like a Gatorade <laughs> it is a genuinely lovely song and it is great. I mock, but I I also like everyone said kind of 
<laughs> what I wanted to say, want to say really. Um, but I, I want to reiterate that that conversational piece, piece, yeah, that that uh, that technique uh, they use. I found it really cool, and I think it sort of I could forgive the lazier lyrics because of that, because yeah, it just works so well. Um, and I love those moments where you get it becomes louder, it becomes more energetic, but it brings it back down only to build it up again. And I think I've criticized albums in the past for not having to, you know, like a proper climax and, you know, making it feel satisfying. <laughs> but I think this is, does it actually quite naturally. Um, and it, it brings, it just keeps building up the energy and you don't feel like you lose that energy. It just, it calms it down every now and then. Um, and I, I do like the guitar solo thing, um, but the instruments are still very involved and everyone's still playing as a piece. I want to touch on the last song. I've just been talking about guitars and I'm going to continue talking about guitars. Um, I kind of like the theme. I'm not sure. Well, I was kind of on and off about the theme. Like, it's talking, kind of talking about inspiration, but also talking about like, People stealing stuff. I'm not. I'm not quite sure. But for me, the, the thing that made me interested in the song is the guitar. And when it goes into those like blues rock sounds, and and it then this like the reverb like gets really like massive and over the top, like obviously over the top. But I kind of wanted it just to stay there and kind of live with that reverb. It's like it. It came in and then it like dive back out and that was an obvious effect that they did but like I wanted them to just go through full throttle on that massive room like of reverb but I, I still enjoyed it I still enjoyed the sound um the tones and yeah I enjoyed the last track there was a bit of a callback or at least how I interpreted it, to the opening track as well. So in Exacto, which I don't know if I said when you were talking about Will, but yeah, it's great. It's a really, really good song and one of my favourites on the album. And lyrically, it has moments where it talks about being uh, like your paper doll and you're then able to kind of cut me out and follow kind of the dot line to cut me out. So the idea that you are kind of this very specific version of something and almost like the idealized like perfect version of something and then in compliment the final track it talks about kind of fitting right off the rack which in fashion terms means that you don't need it to be adjusted so you are kind of like the size that it is you know like that item of clothing is like on the hanger or, or whatever so the idea is like you are the perfect size you are like what it was made for um and then there's also the lyric about um Yes, yeah, so it fits right off the rack, red or black roulette for homogenized friends. So again, like that idea of kind of everyone is becoming like this same carbon copy of each other. And it's all this kind of very particular, perfect paper doll cut out idea of something. And I enjoyed that the, the album's kind of bookended with those ideas. And it's not kind of super hammer tone. Like, I don't think that's kind of necessarily like the big point of either song. But it's a nice little, yeah, like kind of cyclical thing where you're like, oh, it's touching on that again. Um, and again, it feels quite punk-esque in that it's 
criticizing the the kind of the status quo that you know all of those kind of things um but in a way that still feels quite fun yeah it's kind of interesting how on the opening track they're kind of tongue-in-cheekly promising to kind of be that idealized version of a person for this other person then on, on the end there obviously like criticizing it obviously it's all quite kind of sarcastic and silly and that first track is obviously not like a well may, maybe it is an honest representation <laughs> of this moment but it's not a particularly flattering one um in the way that they present it so yeah I, it's a nice kind of bookend to the album right should we wrap up our review by ranking the album the current album rankings are at number six sprints with letter to self Number five, Glass Beach with Plastic Death. Number four, Office Dog with Spiel. Number three, Vacations with No Place Like Home. Number two, Halado Negro with Phaser. And at number one, Katie Kirby with Blue Raspberry. Where do we want to put Souvenir by Omni? This is an album that I just keep kept wanting to listen to like over and over again. So I'm 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 actually putting it high up, but still below Katie Kirby, so at number two. I'd put it at number three, just below Halado Negro, for similar reasons. It's an enjoyable album. I just enjoyed the sound of Halado Negro a bit more. I thought it was more, more unique, and that's mostly just because I've heard Omni's previous albums, so this feels closer to those. Right, let's get on to upcoming releases this week. This week, there's a ton of stuff coming out, so we're we're gonna try and get through a reasonable amount of it. First up, everything, everything are releasing a new album called Mountainhead. I've not been really enjoying the singles from this one, so we'll see. I think their last album was really good. We reviewed it really positively when it came out, so yeah, TBD on that one. Next up, Sheer Mag are releasing a new album called Playing Favourites. They're like a a kind of throwback alt-rock band. Like, imagine there was like a, a kind of heavier American rock band in the 70s, but just now with like old production. That's basically what Sheer Mag do. Um, it's quite enjoyable. I like their records. Next up, and th <laughs> this is where the uh, we have to be a bit careful about how we, what I can say in this section. The band's name is S-T-R-F-K-R. That's not how it's said, but you can go and figure it out yourselves. Uh, they're releasing a new record called Parallel Realms. They're like a synth pop band. They ca came up in like the late noughties and through the 2010s. Um, so yeah, if you like artists like Toru Moi and stuff like that, this will be one to check out. Next up, I don't know if I can get away with saying this, but we're <laughs> going to go for it. Manic <laughs> Mannequin Pussy are releasing a new record called I Got Heaven. Um, interested in that one. I've never really listened to much of their stuff, so it could be a good entry point. Next up, another band we've reviewed before, Yard Act, are releasing a new album called Where's My Utopia. It'll be their sophomore record. They kind of blew up after their debut, so it'll be interesting to see what, what they're doing next and if they've 
kind of become boring and mainstream. Next up, Schoolboy Q is releasing a record called Blue Lips. Again, I've not listened to much of his solo stuff, so I'd be interested to hear, because I, I enjoy him on pretty much every feature I hear. Next up, and this one I don't know if it's good or if it's worth talking about, but I feel like it could be. Liam Gallagher and John Squire are releasing a self-titled album. So this is Liam Gallagher, obviously, of Oasis, and John Squire from Stone Roses, right? Yeah. Um, so my understanding is John Squire's written all of the music, and then he's just written it mm. for Liam Gallagher. I don't think, I don't think Liam Gallagher writes much. Did he write any of the music for his solo album? I thought a lot of it was written by other people. I might be wrong. Anyway, uh, I listened to some of the singles and they sound quite bland. Um, I was kind of hoping for more, but we'll see. I don't know. I just feel like like two big names like that. You'd hope that they could put out something mm. good, but I didn't like Gallagher's solo albums. So. On to stuff that is likely to be good. Square Pusher, who's like a veteran IDM producer, is releasing a new album called Dostro Time, which is a an interesting name. Um, and from the single, it sounds like more weird, glitchy beats, which is great. <laughs> and finally, Horse Lords are releasing a live album. It's called As It Happened. Um, Horse Lords released one of my favorite albums of last year. They do like instrumental kind of jazzy rock music, but it blends in lots of different styles. Um, so yeah, check out their record from last year and this live record should be interesting. That's it for upcoming releases. And that's it for the show. Thank you for listening. Thank you, James and Elle, for joining me. Cheers. Thank you. If you like the show... You can subscribe on your podcast service of choice and consider turning on notifications. New episodes come out every Monday. And if you want to get in touch with us, you can drop us an email at unmutedunmastered at gmail.com. I can now announce that the album for next week is Loss of Life by MGMT. 